Well, I'm just being tempted. You got a devil. You've repented for the same thing 75 times. You've got a devil. Well, I don't believe a Christian can have a devil. That depends on your interpretation of a Christian. I can tell you right now, some of you all are not first load people. You better learn to tribulate because some of you are going to be hanging around. Sit down. I got to preach in here now. I challenge every preacher in this building when you get back home on Sunday morning in your church the first thing you do have a devil casting out service and your preachers will stop sleeping with their secretaries the deacons will get rid of their playboys the elders wives will quit watching pornography at 3 in the morning you get rid of the strife and the backbiting and the tail bearing and the tongue wagon. Cast it out! Cast it out! Sit down. Sit down. You said he found it in Russia and he found it in Poland and the Czech Republic and all across Europe. He said, I was never so glad to get on a boat, come back across the Atlantic. He said, I was raised in America. I never saw anything like this. I'll get back home. I'll be rid of this thing. <laughs> he was going to his elder brother Houston's church to preach on a Sunday. One of Houston's friends said, well, let your brother come over and preach for me on Sunday morning. He can preach for you on Sunday night. So he went over, preached for this friend on Sunday morning. After the service, he said, the pastor said, would you go and pray for one of my saints? Well, he said he just fed me a good beef dinner and I hated not to. So I headed over there. He said, when I got there, it was the craziest mess you ever saw in your life. There in the middle of the living room floor was a man sitting on a wooden chair, 25 years old. His mother was feeding him with a little spoon. And she was crying, oh, darling, please speak to your mother. Speak to mama. It's been six months since you said a word. He was a perfectly normal boy raised in a Pentecostal home. Now there he sat. He had become so catatonic that if they lifted his arm to there, he'd leave it there for 24 hours. If they pointed his finger, his finger would stay there for 24 hours. If they put his arm down, it would stay there. If they put him in bed, when they came in the next morning, he wouldn't have moved a finger.
You say, well, what on earth happened to him? He must have lost his mind. No. Some of his church friends said, hey, have you ever watched a table lift off the ground? We can, we can make a table lift off the ground. And he went there. He had no recollection of what happened after that. His parents found him the next morning. His shirt had been torn off, deep gashes as though someone had clawed him across his chest, bleeding. He lay bleeding there on the steps all night long. His parents brought him back in the room and sat him in the chair. And they'd kept him alive, shoving food in his mouth. Brother Summerall said, when I walked in the room, something hit me. I went running across that room, shouting as loud as I could, Speak to your mother and come out of him, you foul devil! He said immediately, immediately, he became as normal as anyone that's ever been. What makes a man do the things he does? What on earth would make our teenagers go out and smoke marijuana after they've tasted the things of God? What on earth would make a preacher go and lay in the bed with some rude, streaked, blurry-eyed floozy and leave his family and lose his ministry. I'll tell you what it is. It's the devil. It's a demon. And God. Has given us power. Jesus, if nobody helps me, I'll do it anyway. God promised me. God promised me 10,000 homosexuals set free by television by one mighty blast of come out! You can take my ministry, you can take my microphone, and if I have to, I'll cut my hands and shout at the top of my lungs. This is what America needs, set free from the grip of demon power. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Violence filled their hearts. Mm -hmm. 
children by the time they're 18 years of age in the United States of America have seen 200,000 acts of violence on television alone and they've witnessed 25,000 cold-blooded murders. <laughs> Game ads! You do, do you well to find out what your children are playing? Maybe what your husband's looking at. Game ads. Nitrous 2 oxide. Nintendo game. Here's their ad. More fun than shooting your neighbor's cat. PlayStation. Their key line advertisement reads, Kill your friends guilt-free. Another internet service advertises, Get in touch with your gun-toting, cold-blooded, murdering self. This is the day. Would be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. Oh, 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 oh. A recent survey found that Christians are watching an equal amount of R-rated movies as those who claim no experience with Jesus Christ. Movies like Soldier. In that one, you can watch 424 murders. Some of you watched it. Or maybe you were, maybe, maybe you didn't get that one. Maybe you got in on vampires. You got to watch 678 people die in that one. Or maybe Die Hard 2, where only 264 people were murdered. In an hour and 45 minutes. And you head to the movie house with the world. Of course, some of you are not only... Some of you are too sophisticated for that in your sin. You just go to Blockbuster and rent it. So you can bring that spirit not to the movie house, but to your house. And then you don't understand why your children are so violent. Well, I didn't let my kids watch it. You let that demon spirit inside your house. Get it out, get it out, get it out, get it. Yeah. Get it out. You want me to quit? You want me to quit? I can, I can quit. You want me to quit, Harold? You want me to quit? I can quit. I can quit. Marilyn Manson, who gets his name, first name from a sex goddess, second name from a serial murderer by the name of Charles Manson, strapped to a wooden cross wearing nothing but a black G-string. Marilyn Manson says, my role is to awaken a collective disbelief in Christianity and its God. Here's some songs we listen to. 
country death song. Quote, I started making plans to kill my own. Come, little daughter, we'll have some fun. I led her to a hole. I gave her a push. I threw my own child into a bottomless pit. Misery machine, quote, careen down Highway 666. I'm fueled by filth and fury. Well, I don't understand why Johnny just treats me with such disrespect. I don't understand. Well, well, what's he got in his room? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't want to invade his privacy. There's a difference between privacy and secrecy. And as long as I'm daddy at my house, I'm going to read every notebook. I'm going to read every locket. I'm going to look in every drawer. I don't believe you need privacy to go to the bathroom and take a bath. And that's it. That's it. You want me to go on? Shout, it's a devil! I got on the web. Yeah, I got on the web. I checked out the gothic fashion website called Walking Dead. Yeah, gothic. Goth. We're goth. Your Bible says, what fellowship hath light with darkness, or the sons of God with the sons of Belial? These devils like to have picnics in graveyards, wear black clothes, white pancake makeup. Now when your child walks in with that on, just grab them by the nap of the neck and take them in and scrub their face. Scrub it. Scrub it good. Well, I don't want them to rebel against God. They're already going to hell in a handbasket. Just let me sweat. Here's some of you, some of you rap fans. music that ain't music that's a devil that's a devil that don't glorify God well but you got to listen to the words I ain't caring about the words I'm worried about the spirit that the thing's riding on sit down I'm gonna preach it if you all go home I'm gonna stand right here preaching In an article called Magical Religious Aspects of Piercing, <laughs> if a boy had pierced his nose when we was in high school, we'd have took him out back and beat him till he couldn't stand up. to beat him with a stick (laughs) 
I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to make a bunch of them mad right now. They're called, they're called modern primitives. Piercing their nose. I walked, I pulled up the drive-thru in McDonald's the other day. And the poor girl taking my order couldn't even talk to me. I said, what's her? You need me to pray with you? And then I saw she had her tongue pierced. Looked like a devil. Oh, some of you getting mad at me now. Look like a devil. You better have Bible for that. I'm so glad you asked. How about this one? Thou shalt not make any cutting in your flesh, nor make any mark upon your body. what's happened we have taken the spirit of the world and we have systematically allowed it to come into the church and we can't tell the difference sit down I know you can't believe I'm brave enough to preach it I'm tired of young people Run around. Let me ask you a question. Who you imitating? Who you trying to be like? I ain't got nothing sticking in my tongue. I thought you were supposed to love men of God, love the things of God. You ain't got no Rod Parsley tattooed on your arm. You got Jordan tattooed on there who wouldn't give you 50 cents if you needed to make a phone call. I'll tell you what the Bible's concerned about, motivation. Next time your child comes in wanting to pierce something, ask them why. Why do you want to do that? I guarantee you they'll tell you because somebody's got it. And somebody's got it. And if you trace it back, you're not going to trace it back to a Holy Ghost, man or woman of God, with a holiness attitude and a perspective that I want to live circumspectly before God. You're going to find it on some devilish athlete who's had five different women pregnant at one time, and you all let them run around wearing their T-shirts. I know I'm making you mad. Get you a T.D. Jakes t-shirt or a Rod Parsley t-shirt or a Moses t-shirt or a Noah t-shirt. You're financing the lifestyle you preach against. 
sit down, please. There's no sense in it. Who do you want to be like? What do you want to represent? What does the Bible say? The Bible says glorify God in your body. What does the Bible say? You are created in the image of God. We're like Peter. We blend in so well. God is concerned about motivation and association. What does your dress, your attire, your attitude prove you are allegiant to? I watched a bunch on television the other day. Supposed to be Christian musicians. Supposed to be Christian musicians. I told my wife, turn the sound off that. Had my children walk in the room. What do you think they are? Oh, they're rock stars. What do you think they're doing? Oh, they're probably singing about the devil. But you turn it on and they got words that talk something about Jesus. It's a devil. It's a devil. It's a devil. We're not supposed to be imitating them. They're supposed to be imitating us. They ought to be coming in, throwing their tongue piercings down on the altar and saying, can I get something to cover up mom on the side of my arm? All right, I'll get off of it. Let me tell you one of the biggest lies while I'm at it. One of the biggest lies is that you got to look like them and act like them in order to win them. If that was... You're going to win them when you don't look like them and when you don't act like them and they get hungry and thirsty for the salt that you are. Sit down now. The spirit of the world is the ordering of human persons by demon influence. Crept into the church. Spirit of anger. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said road rage is the number one traffic problem in America. Not traffic lights or souped up engines. Mad people. Listen to this. The United States Department of Transportation says 250,000 people were killed on America's highways between 1990 and 1996 and they say two-thirds of all those fatalities were directly related to road rage. Somebody got mad and killed somebody with their car. 250,000 of them. Some of you had a bout with it coming in the building. Bless God, make me go to the overflow. I didn't get a VIP seat. We had a woman several, several nights ago, back right back yonder, tried to sit down and somebody gotten in her seat and she took her 42-pound pocketbook and whacked somebody over the head with it. We were having service. People were trying to climb through the windows. Anger. Rage. Temper. Well, I'm Irish. Well, it's just the way our people do. Uh -huh. You got a devil. 
there's a devil loose at your house. You better cast him out. You better cast him out, I said. I said you better cast him out. You're waning on me now. I ain't got to the best one. I'm going to get to the best one. Spirit of suicide. The teen rate of suicide is up 400% in two years. A child takes his life every 17 minutes in this country. We all wall and squall and bawl about Columbine. I hate to put it in these terms. There are more people killed in half a day, murdered themselves, teenagers in this country. There would be a Columbine every five hours. The blood of our children cries out. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. Two 17-year-old boys in an affluent New Jersey neighborhood climbed on top of their daddy's Mercedes Benz, spread pornography out on the floor, and began to have sex with themselves while hanging by a rope because they'd found out that that's supposed to make some kind of heightened ecstasy. And their parents came home and found them hanged to death in their own garage. A 12-year-old girl pinned a note to her dress, took an overdose of aspirins at 12 years of age and said, I just can't take life anymore. A 17-year-old boy in a, in, a, in, a, in a New York high school walked into homeroom they started making fun of him. He pulled a 45 caliber revolver out from his desk, put it in his mouth and said, you'll never get to make fun of me again. Dwight Thompson was preaching, giving an altar call, and in the upper regions, while he was pleading for men and women to come to Christ, a teenager took his own life. Every 17 minutes, somebody's baby goes to eternity and the church sings this is the day a psychology magazine I recently read says quote there seems to be an invasion of some mystical unusual supernatural force which is driving our children over the brink yeah, it's called a devil. Oh. I'm going to skip because I really want to get to this one. Spirits of deception. Can you give me, can you give me 10 minutes? Can you give me 10 minutes? Spirits that deceive us. Hope I'm still alive. Because I want to talk to some preachers. I was watching me some, 
so-called preachers not long ago. And, and I was amazed how scriptural they were. Hmm? Because your Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, Knowing this first and foremost, that there shall come in the last days, shout in the last days, scoffers walking after their own lust. They're easy to spot. Say it. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now you can also find them out very easily because they're liars. They just lied right there. They totally left out the flood of Noah. God had to destroy the whole thing. I was watching so-called Christian television, at which time I heard someone say, we are the new breed of preachers for the new century. We should never mention the subject of sin. Okay. We shall have worship services and the unsaved will, listen to me now, see the presence of God and be convinced of the goodness within them. You new age lying devil. See, you can't even clap. You too tired to clap. You got a lazy devil on you now. It's a devil. It's a demon spirit. And they get more airtime than I do. They get more playtime than I do. You know why? Because it's some new thing. And you know why? Because they preach a gospel that is conducive to the lifestyle that the people want to live. Better set yourself down now. Because before I get out of here tonight, I'm going to tell the truth. You got to tell your lie, now I'm going to tell the truth. Scoffers. Do you know what a scoffer is? A false teacher. And in the last day they shall heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. Somebody that will tell them what they want to hear. So they preach he's not coming. There's not going to be any rapture. The same person said, we do not concern ourselves with what do they call it? And then laughed. What do they call it? The seven years of tribulation? Y 
You mock this book? God have mercy on your soul. And some of you preachers better stop back paddling water like some kind of crawdad and stand up in your pulpit and open your Bible and read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which plainly says, I would not have you ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep, for we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, for the trump of God shall sound, and the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we which are remain will be caught up into the clouds to be with the Lord and so shall we ever be with the Lord I'm out of here on the first load I don't need your exegesis and your 42 prophetic utterances and your 32 Greek lexicons. God didn't make this thing so confusing that we all needed you to interpret it for us. So simple that a fool like me need not even air therein. He's coming. Did you hear me? He's coming. 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 My God, he's coming. He's coming. Faster than the fleetest hoof ever struck a pavement or a wheel ever turned on an axle. In an hour that you think not, the magnificent magnitude of his perfect person sweeping out from north to south and east to west. And if your blood bought and your blood washed, it won't matter if you're underneath the crusty surface of the earth in a coal mine or flying around in the space shuttle. When he comes, you're coming out of here! Sit down. I just got a question for you. You scoffers. What are you going to do with Enoch? Huh? What are you going to do with Enoch? Didn't you ever read Genesis? It's the first book. That's where you ought to start. It's the primer. It's Ned and the first reader. See Jolly Sally Jump. See spot run it's in the first book Genesis Adam had two sons Cain and Abel Cain slew his brother with a murdering spirit it's been in the earth ever since it's what makes our children walk the hallways and shoot their friends to death. It's a devil.
You better hear me now. Cain's line is listed in Genesis chapter 4. Seven generations from Adam is Lamech. When God gives you a picture of Lamech and his genealogy, all that it says is this one begat that one and that one begat that one and that one begat that one. That's all. God pays not much mind to Cain's seed. They were people of the world. They built an industrial revolution. Banished from the Garden of Eden. Commerce, politics, social life, entertainment. They were kings upon the earth. But Eve went to Adam and said, I want a child to replace the just Abel. And so seven generations from Adam, beginning with Seth, comes Enoch. If you study the Cain line, no mention is made of them living or dying. But when you get on Seth's side, it not only says they lived once, it says they lived twice. They lived and they lived again. Not only does it record that they lived and lived again, it records that they died. It seems that God would have recorded Cain's genealogy dying, but not so. For precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. Costly to the Lord, the death of his saints. They lived and they lived again. They lived and they lived again and they died. They lived, they lived again, they died. Every genealogy for six generations until you get to Enoch. Enoch was 65 years old when he begat Methuselah. Enoch lived and at 65 he lived again. And your Bible said, and Enoch walked with God. In the middle of social permissiveness, Spiritual presumption. In the middle of a pornographic society, Enoch walked with God. Now I'm going to mess up your theology right now. Because while it says that Enoch lived and lived again, it does not say he died. For Enoch was and was not for God took him no 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 too easy to clap now when did he take him with the clouds of judgment already hanging overhead and the seed of Noah in his grandfather God said before the judgment comes and the clouds are already overhead I've got one walking with me don't have a lot but I got one 
And God reached down and said, come on up out of here. I'm about to pour out some stuff you ain't got nothing to do with. Noah's a type of the 144,000 and those saved during the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. If you want to hang around and try to get it then, be my guest. Some of you are going to have to anyway because you ain't first loaders. What are you talking about? I'm saved. No, you were saved. See, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do you walk with God? There are only two other verses that mention Enoch in your Bible. One of them says, and Enoch pleased God. And Jude says, he warned his generation of the wrath to come. Are you walking with him? Are you walking with him? Are you rapture ready? If he should come like a thief in the night. You know why our teenagers are sleeping together in the back of 87 Chevys? Because nobody preaches this. In 1975, the girl that I was supposed to take to the prom refused to go with me. Can you believe that? Handsome young man like me. <laughs> Captain of the basketball team and all that stuff. You know why she wouldn't go with me? She said, I'm a senior in high school and I'm still a virgin and I refuse to graduate that way. And when we go to the prom, you better be ready. And I said, you a devil. You did not. Yes, I did. You devil. You ain't getting my virginity. I got an anointing on my life. You're not messing me up, you pimply-faced, dyed-haired thing, you. Get out of my face. Well, you won't have anybody to go to the prom with. Well, I'll go with Jesus. How'd that be? I've got just as many hormones as you asked my wife. Ain't that right, baby? Huh? No, 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 but something was alive on the inside of me. Lust was not exalted to lordship in my life. Jesus Christ of Nazareth was the Lord of my life. And there wasn't nobody worth selling out for. Are you hearing me? And you know the reason? You know one of the reasons? was because I was a little bit afraid that before I got out of the back seat of that 74 green Monte Carlo with deep dish Craig and Mags and Holly Headers, that Jesus just might come before we got back home that night. Shout, it's a devil. It's a devil. It's a devil. Such scoffers are going to be more bold in numbers in the last day. They're making great improvements in the art of bantering serious godliness and the adherence to circumspection and self-denial. Let me tell you something. When you go to church, come 
comb your hair with something other than a wagon wheel. Brush your shoes with something other than a Hershey bar. Take some soap if you don't have any. Stop at a gas station. They got some in there in the restroom. Wash yourself off. If you just got one suit of clothes, put it on. Brush it off. If you don't have a necktie, button the top collar. When you walk into the presence of God, let him know you made some preparation to get there. Now, let me tell you something. The reason these things are able to creep in is because men give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And I'm going to say something. You better be careful. God's given me this window of opportunity, and I'm going to use it should it be my last. Find yourself a pastor. Put your feet down in some pews somewhere in a church in America where they believe the Bible. Sit yourself down there and get married to that place. And stop being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that you see coming over the airwaves or out your radio or on a cassette tape. The reason this stuff can creep in is because we've gone to a microwave Christianity and nobody prays anymore and nobody studies the Bible anymore nobody wants to open the Bible and read nobody wants to seek out their own salvation in fear and trembling before God nobody wants to get on their face and eat some carpet and pray and I'm telling you that the Bible says I don't care what some slick-haired shiny-shoot evangelist told you I'm telling you right now that Jesus said lest the days be shortened the even the very elect of God would be deceived. Now, where does that leave you? Who haven't opened your Bible since this time last week? Who haven't had time to pray? You had time for Oprah. Now, don't talk about Oprah. I might close with Oprah. Well, she's got 30 million viewers. A net worth of $530 million. In a recent program, she had a new age guru set for two days and two 30 million viewers. Oprah said, quote, open up your heart and honor the authentic being present within you, the I am. Oprah, I got to help you, sweetheart. Now, you know the truth. You know the truth. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know what his name is. You might play with something else, but don't you go playing that new age deceit and calling yourself I am. Because there's only one I am. He's the one that told Moses, tell Pharaoh, I am sent you. Shirley MacLaine claims that her spirit guides the Virgin Mary. Recently on Lisa, who to my knowledge claims an experience with God, had two days with the spiritual medium Rosemary Althea. I was in my shower. I had the TV on because there was a news program on. And here come Lisa. She's crying. 
I said, what's going on? She had the spiritual medium on there. She was so happy because she'd put her in contact with one of her dead friends or relatives. And turn it off. Can I tell you? I'm not telling you to turn it off to hurt their ratings. You ain't going to hurt their ratings. That's not the way we do battle anyway. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Does it glorify him? Does it magnify him? John Wesley's mother, and I'm closing, don't you move. John Wesley's mother was asked the question by that young preacher, Mother, what is sin? Her response, John, anything that impedes the tenderness of your conscience, weakens your reason, dulls your deep desire for truly spiritual things. John, anything that exalts the authority of your body and your mind above your spirit, that thing to you is sin. Let me plead with you. Let me beg you, church. Shun the wrong. Do the right. Walk in your teenager's bedroom and say, now, darling, I love you. And let me tell you why this will destroy you. Let me tell you. Let me warn you. Oh, we got lots of prophets, but they're all prophesying your prosperity. Ain't nobody talking like this. We don't have no prophets like this. No, we don't make good airtime. Can you hear me? And you see, God put me on and beg you, beg you. My God, people, put the fork down. The second leading cause of death in America is overeating. The second leading cause of death. We're eating ourselves to death. Lust, belly gods, passions running like riderless horses, no control. I love you. The Holy Spirit last night has been here and brought us into the presence of the Lord. Gosh, I wish I got to do that stuff. No, I don't. They paraded across the platform. Some of them unkept, overweight, dishuffled, 
You know what the Holy Spirit says to me? If they get it, they'll never keep it. They have no discipline. But if they can't be disciplined over what they eat, how are they going to be disciplined to get in the Word and hold on to a miracle? Come on, church. Come on, church. Get the rock and roll out. Turn the country station off. Turn half of the religious stuff off. Find you something that's anointed. Find you somebody that can get you into the presence of God. If you can't, just get in there and make a joyful noise yourself. Just get into the presence of God. Shut yourself away. And when you come out of there, I'll tell you what will happen. You'll be so full of the glory of God that men and women are going to fall down in front of you and say, my God, man, you convict me of my sin by the very presence of God that rests upon you. I've talked too long. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Oh, God. Familiar spirits spirits of devils and witchcraft spirits of new age deceit spirits of disease devils of demise devils of destruction one website 1.4 billion hits in one year x-rated pornographic site on the internet 1.4 billion hits in 12 months 70% directly traced to underage minors. This is what we're feeding ourselves on. Stop worrying about Y2K. Stop looking for signs. Start listening for a sound. You could fill this room with the volumes that could be written about what has to happen before the second coming. But you couldn't write one word about what has to happen before the rapture of the church. He's not coming, I don't believe, when the clock strikes midnight, 2000. You know why I don't believe that? Because everybody's looking for him then. I think if he was coming anywhere around that time, it'd be far enough away from that time to catch everybody by surprise. He's coming like a thief in the night. Two will be at the well grinding, one taken, one left. Two will be in the bed asleep, one taken, one left. Just as surely as I'm in this building tonight, Jesus is coming. Everybody on your feet, nobody moving around in the unction of the Holy Spirit right now. Lift your hands. Lift your hands before the living God. The international sign of surrender. Lift your hands in His holy presence. Lift your hands and magnify His name. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Right now quickly without thinking one thought. You know 
that the devil has tried to, been trying to influence your life. You know that Satan has been trying to gain a stronghold in your life. But he's been exposed this night. The Bible said, if the thief be found, he shall restore seven times that which he's taken. Right now, all over this building, all over this building, as quickly as you can, you know the devil is trying to torment your life. Drop your hands and get to this altar as fast as you can. There's nothing wrong at your house tonight that what's right in this house can't fix. There's nothing wrong in America that what's right in the church can't fix. Come on down every aisle. The devil is trying to get a stronghold in my life. The devil's, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, the Holy Spirit knows what to preach. Come on. The devil's trying to get a stronghold. The devil's trying to get a stronghold. Come on, come on, come on, my God. My God. My God, my God, thousands, thousands and thousands. Make a move toward God, he'll make a move toward you. Make a move toward God, he'll make a move toward you. Make a move toward God, he'll make a move toward you. Come on, get as close as you can. Get as close as you can. Come on, come on, get as close as you can while the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. Now let me tell you, in a moment like this, in a moment like this, you'll think, well, what about the time? You'll think, oh, I can just make a decision in my seat. I, I mean, after all, I'll just ask the Lord to help me with that. You need to make a move toward God. The devil's already beginning to deceive you. Every person Jesus ever called, he called to make a public profession. He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Pastor Rod, are you saying that I'm lost? Are you saying that I'm not going to heaven? I didn't say anything about that. But how long are you going to allow the devil to run roughshod through your life? How long to torment your mind? How long to bombard you with thoughts that are pornographic? draining you of a peaceful and restful sleep separating you from a shout separating you from the glory how long that habit how long let me tell you smokers something 85 percent of every person that smokes cigarettes smokes marijuana also is that the kind of testimony you want is that the kind of testimony you want over 70% of all smokers also get drunk at least once a month. Is that the testimony that you want? You see, God is very interested in what you're identifying with. You're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me. Make me. Oh, I know, church, this isn't the kind of preaching that makes you want to shout and run and jump and dance in the aisles. I understand. But oh, oh, for the breath of freedom. In the name of Jesus, I take authority now over every spirit but the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, come now. Come now and help us. Holy Spirit, intercede for us with groanings that cannot be uttered in articulate speech. Stand in the gap for us. Cleanse us and purify us. And as I stand here tonight, Lord, you promised me You promised me 
that you'd clothe yourself with me and oh God now oh every person that's kneeling stand to your feet quickly do it quickly do it quickly do it lay your hands on your belly lay your hands on your belly do you mean business with God do you mean business with God do you mean business with God somebody that knows it Gary Donnie some of you come and sing for me I can hear my Savior calling do it I, I can hear it in my spirit I can hear it right now I can hear it I can hear it can you hear him calling can you hear him calling can you hear him calling back to the place of prayer back to the place of consecration back to the place of dedication back to the place of holiness back to the place of separation can you hear god calling father lay your hands on your belly do it now lay your hands on your belly do it now lay your hands on your oh i heard that holy spirit pride pride the spirit of pride I hear your Holy Spirit and envy and envy distress at another person's blessing envy envy a spirit of sedition a spirit of separation a party spirit a click spirit a click spirit putting others outside preachers jealous over other preachers church members jealous of their pastor talking and whispering murmuring and complaining tale bearing and false accusing I hear you Holy Spirit I hear you Holy Spirit I hear you I hear you break this thing God break this thing off of us break this thing off of us I see you like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon something's gonna break off of you tonight it's gonna break off of you tonight it's held you in bondage for years it's had a stranglehold in your life for generations but this night it loses its hold this night the bondage is broken this night the curse is lifted Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope